तद्धर्म समस्थापक लोकाणुने तद्धर्म संस्थापक ज्ञानंजनाशलकायुरुंदरीताजोनाकुतरोगधर्मपालो वंदे जगत प्रिय करो करुणावतारो वंदे श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य नित्यानंद सहोदित गुरुदाये पुष्पवंत चित्रसंदोतमुनो वंदे हम श्री रामकृष्ण अभायो चरण सुखो सुखदो परमानंदो सुंदरो सुबल प्रियो हे कृष्णा करुण सिंधु दीनबंधु जगतपथे गोपीशा गोपीका खंत राधा खंत नमोस्तुते तप्त कंचन गुरंगी राधे वृंदावनेश्वरी विश्वभानु सुते देवी प्रणमामि हरि प्रिय Shigodi Vaishnav Guru Paramparaki Jai, Anantakota Vaishnav Indiki Jai, Shri Kartik Vrat Ki Jai, Dharmadhar Leela Ki Jai, Glorious Devotees, <clears throat> thank you so much for joining again our discussion on the Damodar Leela. We will continue uh, where we left off in the last presentation. Uh, just a reminder, at this point in the presentation, we are reading from the Gopal Champu of Srila Jiva Goswami, uh, wherein the narration of the Leela, the Damodar uh, activity, the binding of Lord Krishna by his mother, uh, is related to the residence of Goloka. And accompanying this uh, reading from the Gopal Champu, we are also drawing from the commentaries on the Srimad Bhagavatam section in the 10th canto, dealing with the same Dhammadar Leela. So it's a, uh, a two-branched approach 
allowing us to get some specific insights into the um, feelings of the major figureheads in our Sampradaya in regards to this uh, Damodar uh, Leela. And through this narration, you will see that there are some uh, discrepancies between one description and another, between one Acharya's uh, viewpoint or another, or an Acharya is, is bringing out a specific aspect of the Leela uh, in a way that may not have been uh, brought out by another Acharya. Uh, this is the nature of uh, bhava and uh, different revelations are coming to, uh, to those who are uh, entering into the mysteries of all of Krishna's leelas. And uh, they are so kind as to share those with us. And this is our gateway into uh, deep devotional understanding. Um, we are aspiring to attain uh, spiritual perfection by the process of Raganuga Bhakti. We want to follow in the footsteps of those who are directly participating um, in the Lord's Leela. And it's a, it's a process of das, das, anu das, uh, that everyone within the circle of Krishna's intimate of associates uh, sees themselves as um, a servant of the overall enjoyment of Krishna. Now, in Vrajlila, it's extremely unique in that the godhood of the Supreme Personality is not at all taken into consideration by his most intimate associates. Um, it does come up from time to time in different circumstances, but only it only arises the Ashvarya of Krishna being the Supreme Lord, uh, the various Shaktis of the Lord who are constantly in service um, of his ultimate pleasure, uh, they arise only in Vraj Bhakti uh, where they are serving the loving exchange between the Lord and his most associates there. So in that land, every every particle is in service to Krishna's ultimate enjoyment in loving relationship with his devotees. Um, the land itself, the trees, the, the narration, the way the great sadhus and acharyas who have some real insight into the nature of the Supreme Lord have relayed this to us. Uh, 
gives us a picture of a of a transcendental realm wherein everything is bowing down and making an offering to Krishna. But in Vraj, all of that servitude is done in such a way that the Lord is allowed to fully focus uh, his pleasure on those loving relationships, whereas other manifestations of the Supreme Lord in other locations, uh, there is much give and take between the worshipped and the worshiper. Please. So, uh, this is very unique now, coming into the 10th canto, the heart of the Srimad Bhagavatam, being invited by these various acharyas, um, beginning with uh, Srila Vyasudev himself, who has given us uh, this Purana, then specifically uh, our Gaudiya acharyas, who hold such a unique perspective uh, on the Bhagavat Purana uh, as a primary Praman. Uh, the primary praman uh, in relationship to this, the transcendental reality. And uh, specifically, uh, uh, this perspective of, of serving the Lord selflessly, um, of serving the Lord simply for his ultimate enjoyment. So we have, through the various Leela narrative up to this point been given a glimpse uh, into these kind of loving exchanges. And of course, there is a sound groundwork upon which Leela transpires of spiritual knowledge, Sambandagyan the proper conceptual orientation regarding the Lord and his various potencies and the, his various expansions. And even in when we talk about loving exchanges, the loving exchanges themselves, there are Sampradaya is giving a very unique perspective uh, we, we're simply amazed when we look at, at a presentation uh, like Srila uh, Rupa Goswami's Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. What a gateway into understanding loving affairs with the Lord. And fortunately for us, we have the good fortune of being able to see into these topmost loving exchanges through the lens of Srimad Bhagavatam into a holy dom Raj and the residence there. And it's something that we can easily 
relate to. It's human-like. It's not human, but it's human-like. And the transcendental spiritual emotion exchanged, uh, exchanged between the Lord and his most intimate associates uh, is human-like, but it's not like anything that we have experienced uh, here under the influence of the Lord's external potency. So we're sitting in the middle ground, Tatasta, and we're, it's a very unique position we're in now because we have been completely immersed and subdued by the Lord's external potency since time immemorial. And due to some magnificent good fortune, now we're able to turn our consciousness from that external engagement with the Lord's inert potency, Maya, and turn our consciousness towards his internal potency, gain a glimpse there of something that we're somewhat familiar with from our experience within the Lord's external energy. So it's quite uh, a unique opportunity that the acharyas are providing to us. They're giving us this gateway into the most intimate association with the Lord. And what we see there is something that looks familiar with, to what we're already acquainted with. We're acquainted with a mother's love for their child. We're acquainted with um, a friend's love for a friend. We're acquainted with the love uh, between uh, the intimate love of young adolescents as they're coming into the most uh, unique period of experience in life. So we're somewhat acquainted with this. And we think we have an idea of what is love. And then in order to enhance our understanding of the distinction between the love that we're acquainted with and the loving exchanges in the transcendental realm, we have someone like Srila Rupa Goswami allowing us entrance into, well, if we look at love and we look at the feeling of love, if we look at what are all the components of love and we see how those components interact and and give the most, the deepest appreciations in loving exchange, uh, it's somewhat overwhelming 
just the theology of it. So during this unique period of Kartik, not only are we overwhelmed by the theology, but we're, we're brought in to the intimacy and given a glimpse. So let us continue with the, the narration of the Leela um, coming through uh, the pen of Srila Jiva Goswami and uh, portrayed through the lips of Snigdakanta, who is speaking to the residents of Raj and relating uh, this pastime to them. So I believe we left off here. Uh, we'll start here. Uh, there should not be too much duplication, I don't believe. So Snigdakanta continues the narration. When Mother Yasoda went to take the milk off the stove for the pleasure of her son, she first comforted him, saying, My darling son, may all your problems and difficulties come to me. Watch this part of yogurt for just a minute while I check on the boiling milk. I will return quickly. Ah, just as swiftly as she put her son aside and left that churning place, she returned. Even in that time, milk poured from her breasts with deep motherly affection, wetting her blouse. It poured so much that it made the floor slippery. Still, Sri Krishna's wishes had been checked, and he was most perturbed. In anger, he bit his trembling, reddish lips and burst into tears. Then picking up a small grinding stone, which was lying nearby, he broke the pot of half-churned yogurt. However, he did not even get the slightest bit of butter from it. In the commentary in this section of the Srimad Bhagavatam, both Srila Jiva Goswami and Sanatana Goswami bring out the fact that these tears, although the Lord is very clever and he uses his emotions uh, in different ways, uh, in dealing with his eternal associates um, to his advantage. <laughs> um, in this particular instance, uh, both these uh, commentators point to this trembling of his reddish lips and his bursting into tears as a true display of emotion on his part. So, I, we need to recognize, and we do recognize that um, the Lord is engaged in his transcendental Leela, but his Leela is a real representation of his and his most intimate associates' spiritual emotion. So, Sometimes, of course, Krishna's emotions are, are uh, just a show uh, in order to embellish the loving relationships. Um, and sometimes they are real. So I know it's, 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 it would seem natural for us when looking to 
the godhood of God and the nature of the Supreme Lord to think that all of his play in Vraj and all of the Leela that transpires there is simply a show for the pleasure of his devotees. But it's much deeper than that. It's not a show for the pleasure of his devotees. It's an entering into an intimate loving relationship with his purest devotee there. And, and in entering into that relationship, he himself, his awareness of his Ashwarya, his awareness of his omnipotence and omnipresence, <clears throat> this recedes to the background, even for him. So we should take care not to look at the leelas of the Lord in, and especially his Raj Leela, these leelas with his most intimate associates and think that he's just play acting. No, this is his real life. His real life is this inner life of love with his devotees in Vraj. This, this is who he is. This constitutes his ultimate reality. And yes, he is the Supreme Lord. And yes, he has unlimited potencies. And yes, the entirety of all creation resides within his belly. And yes, he's bigger than anything that one could imagine. And he certainly, we could not bind him uh, around around the circumference of what is uh, the entirety of, of his position as, this, as, as the be-all and end-all of all that there is. It's truly cannot be bound. But his love and that emotion of love between him and his associates, yes, that falls into a different category where we see that his, his various shaktis recede to the background and only bring, only come up and execute something in relationship to his divinity when they can serve the love between he and his associates there. The narrative continues. Just then his eyes caught sight of a pot of fresh butter hanging from the ceiling in the adjoining room. He ran to the door, slid the latch aside, and pushed it open. Then, moving the door stopper back into place, he slipped into the room and closed the door behind him. He used a nearby cot as a step, lowered the pot of butter, and started to eat it. 
Thereafter, he took the remaining butter and secretly sneaked out through the window of that room. The aerial voice, I've not taken the entire narrative, but just select portions. Now we have Mother Yasoda coming back. And this is how Jiva Goswami, through the lips of Snegdakanta, relates uh, what she experienced. So this is Jiva's uh, Rasa Tattva, his entering into the Leela and revealing an aspect of it for our good fortune. An aerial voice said to Mother Yasoda, feeling hungry and thirsty, bumblebee made a hole in the bud of a lotus flower that had no pollen. When he saw that it was merely water that began dripping from that flower, he became disappointed and went to another lotus flower where he has found a big supply of honey. The import is that in order to get fresh butter, your son performed all these deeds. He first broke the churning pot, but did not find butter there. He then found it hanging in the next room. If we look at this narration, it's quite amazing because we can see that um, we're familiar in our own environment and in our own mind of such internal conversation uh, with our mind. Mind is always offering this alternative and that alternative and, and telling us to do this or to do that in this circumstance or that circumstance. The dialogue sometimes seems unending uh, between ourselves and our mind, who, depending on the level of our conditioning, uh, we actually think that's me. But really, it's just a filter uh, through which we're experiencing the Lord's various external, the various aspects of his external potency. And as we enter into spiritual life, some glimpse into the internal potency um, as it itself becomes spiritualized. So in regards to the external potency, it can be a great enemy. But in regards to the internal potency, we used in that regard, as Krishna told Arjuna on the battlefield, it can be your best of friends. So here, though, in Vraj, we see Mother Yasoda is not, is not experiencing the way we experience according to Swan's insight. Rather, she's hearing an aerial voice. So the, the aerial voice is saying to her, uh, and, and explaining to her what we would think, well, this is what she surmised in her mind. But no, an aerial voice is actually relating this to her. And it, it again, it gives us a unique insight into the nature of the, in, the consciousness that pervades the spiritual reality. Here, there's matter, and, and there's our, our interaction with that matter. So there's gross and there's subtle. So that interaction is between what we observe in the gross world and how our subtle mind, intelligence, and 
and false identification of perceives things, but there in this transcendental realm, everything is spiritual. So everything is working together and nourishing uh, these loving relationships. So even the air, <laughs> the air that's pervading that atmosphere itself can relate a narration to Mother Yasoda. The narration continues. You have displayed your intelligence by deciding to leave your baby and go cool down the milk. But if you can calm the anger of your child, you will receive even more praise. Upon hearing the aerial voice, Mother Yasoda laughed and followed the thief's conspicuous yogurt footprints to the next room. She managed to force the doors open and she stepped inside only to behold her son's other matchless mischief. Tracing his path of escape, she finally spotted him, his eyes restless with fear. Mother Yasoda saw him sitting restless eyed atop the grinding mortar that he had overturned with all his strength feeding butter to the monkeys. Astonished by this, she smiled softly. Vishwanath points out in his commentary to this section of the Bhagavatam where the Leela narrative is given that uh, he says the following, understanding that this was the work of her son, she put her forefinger to her nose and began laughing. Sanatan says, not seeing him there, she laughed because it displayed his fickle nature, his skill in breaking it, or because he had fled in fear. She quietly pursued him on her tiptoes. Snigdakanta continues, she quietly crept up behind her guilty son. By nature, monkeys are proud of exhibiting their strength, but today their bellies were fully satisfied. So when they saw Mother Yasoda advancing with a stick covered with cloth, they immediately scampered up the nearby trees. Thus, this alerted Krishna to what was happening, and he also fled. Seeing her son fleeing, Mother Yasoda broke into a run and began to chase him. A shower of flowers fell from her braid. O king of thieves, she loudly called, where are you going? Stop, stop. Hearing this, Sri Krishna uttered a faint cry and a smile appeared on his face, <clears throat> enchanting his beauty. Mother Yasoda ran quickly after him. Although she came close, she could not catch him. Jiva Goswami comments in his Bhagavatam commentary there. This is the Vaishnav Toshani, of which there are two, one presented by Sanatan Goswami and one presented by Jiva Goswami, all for the pleasure of the Vaishnavs, Vaishnav Toshani, Brihat and Lagu, respectively. So from Jiva's Toshani, we hear the following. From fear of crows and other animals, he sat in Swastika Asana, on an overturned mortar. After going into the storeroom and eating some butter, he took the pot 
which had been hanging from a rope, indicating his cleverness, and went behind the house by the back door to a solitary spot to fool his mother. His mother approached from behind, so he would not see her. Little Krishna was confident, now he's running in the narrative, that his mother would never pursue him beyond the main gate, for she would then be seen running in public. Therefore, he intentionally ran in that direction. Mother Yasoda knew that at that time of day, no one would be outside the gate, so she just kept chasing him. As long as Krishna ran without looking back, his mother was unable to catch him. But as soon as he turned his head back in fear, she caught him by his hand. He began crying in an attempt to reduce Mother Yasoda's anger. Or out of impudence, he started trembling artificially. But he did not give up his childish pranks. Whenever she forcefully held his face, so that she could look him in the eyes, Sri Krishna turned his face in such a way as to wipe the oily gloss of butter from his mouth and make it look dry. So here we see there is some, some little fake crying and some little, um, some trembling, but these are referred to by Jiva Goswami in this narrative as uh, as being artificially uh, put forth uh, in attempt to settle his mother down. So we can imagine the child, and we've probably seen it uh, in, a, in our practical experience with young children, that uh, they can scream and yell and cry at the top of their lungs um, until they get what they want. And uh, as soon as it's even shown to them, the crying abruptly stops. So <laughs> this, uh, this using um, crying and trembling uh, to, to affect an end uh, is something that uh, uh, Lord Krishna himself also employs in his dealings of Asaya Ras. Vishwanath comments, Internally, he had no fear, or it can mean he stood up and fled in a fearful manner. For Kunti has said, Bita Bhavanayastito, he was in a state of fear. So, Vishwanath uh, is saying, well, some may say he had no fear, but Kunti said there was fear. So, we must keep that in mind because she is also an authority. This is the nature of, of the way in which such insights are dealt with within the community of devotees, always with, with, with much uh, gratitude and and profound understanding. So, Kunti's, we cannot, as devotees, uh, discount the insights of 
Queen Kunti. Um, and she said there was fear, so we must pay respects to that statement of hers. She also has her transcendental insights uh, into this uh, amazing Leela. Jiva says, Yasoda pursued him and caught up to him step by step. So much for her good fortune of having him sleep on her lap. Her good fortune of chasing him when he fled cannot be understood at all by the greatest yogis. She had greater fortune than all other devotees because she was able to catch him directly. So here we see Jiva, and when he writes in this Bhagavatam commentary, he's bringing in the Siddhanta. He's bringing in the relationship, the Sambandha Gyan. And he's, this, this is the, this is the glory of, of all of our Acharyas, that they, they blend so masterfully um, the, the Leela narrative with insights into the Sadika's journey towards spiritual perfection. So this this happens continually um, in the writings and the speakings and of the uh, of the sadhus and because they are so profoundly uh, involved cent percent um, in in this service of making krishna available uh, to others uh, this profound outreach um, they have to themselves um, come down from this stage of Uttama involvement, the topmost immersion in the, in the leelas of the Lord to masterfully weave those leelas with Siddhanta that allows Sadikas who are now entering into devotion, leaving the Lord's external energy and coming towards him, allowing them to, to advance nicely so that they can ultimately themselves um, have the topmost spiritual attainment. So Krishna, he's, he's, he's still at his pranks, wiping the butter from his mouth. So because mothers caught him and now he's, he's, got, uh, he's got to deal with the situation. And uh, the best thing is he, he's already hatched a plan as we will see in the following discourse. Threatening him, Mother Yasoda said, Oh, Krishna, you have given me so much trouble. Before you steal from your home, first look at this stick in my hand. When she saw her lotus-eyed son's terror upon hearing these words, 
Sri Vrajaswari tossed the stick aside. Krishna beseeched her, don't beat me, mother. The queen of Raj scolded him, but you are a thief, a thief. Laughing to herself, she suddenly and forcefully instigated a quarrel with him. Ah, oh, you are the king of thieves. Krishna protected, no, mother. Kora took birth in your dynasty, not mine. Why would we have a Kora thief in our home? In this way, Mother Yasoda and her butter-stealing son argued with each other. Oh, really? Well, who broke the pot of yogurt? She again inquired. Krishna replied, the Supreme Lord, he was punishing you. But, she continued, who fed butter to the monkeys? He who created them. No, she exclaimed, I suspect that you always feast with great relish on the fresh butter we prepare for use in religious sacrifices. Mother Yasoda scolded her son as she would a thief, but finally her heart, her heart softened. She laughed with anger and said, just admit your theft, give up your arrogance. Thus pressed by his mother, Sri Krishna burst into tears. Look, Ma, he sobbed. When you anxiously rushed to save the milk, your ankle bell struck the pot of yogurt and broke it. How is this my fault? And the monkeys, he continued, were inspired by the Supreme Lord to sneak into the house to steal. When they began taking the butter, I caught them. What did I do wrong? And then he retorted, the stick in your hand frightened me. So even though I am completely innocent, I fled like a thief. You saw I was not afraid, but still you mercilessly chased me, all for no reason. Mother Yasoda spoke as if lamenting. Oh, you are, are the king of those skilled in argument, she said. You are the best of thieves. Although you are the son of Sri Vrajaraj, the most noble of men, your nature has become like a monkey's because you are fond of them. When fearful Sri Krishna heard this, he pointed to the forest and said, if I am a monkey, then I will live in the forest, which slightly frightened Mother Yasoda. Some commentary from the great Acharyas in regards to the Leela and this section. This. So we see that Jiva Goswami has given us insight into a narrative uh, between uh, mother and son. And we see Krishna's cleverness uh, in responding to the accusations of his mother in regards to his stealing and uh, breaking of the yogurt uh, pot. Prabhupada writes in his commentary in the Bhagavatam, quote, now I shall bind you so that you cannot commit any further offensive activities nor for the time being can you play with your playmates. Playmates. This shows the position of a pure devotee in contrast with others. Meaning the pure devotee having the ability, or we would begin with the audacity to think that they could tie up the Supreme Lord. 
and it goes beyond that. Not only do they have have the sense of doing it, that Mother Yasoda herself is going to certainly attempt to do it. Vishwanath writes, you have such a restless nature, friend of the monkeys, pop breaker. Where are you going to get butter today? Today I will bind you up so you cannot go and steal and eat butter with your friends. Are you afraid of being beaten with this stick? Don't be me. Yasoda answered, if you don't like getting beaten, why did you break the yogurt pot today? I won't do that anymore. But throw the stick down. The Yasoda then began to worry. Maybe in distress, fear, or anger, he will run away to the forest. Shiva writes in his commentary in the Bhagavatam, Oh, agitated boy, crybaby, greedy boy, monkey lover, thief, from now on, I will not give you butter. I will tie you up in the house so that you cannot go anywhere and play. You will not be able to see any of your friends. So all these different perspectives, all this rasa tattva, the insights into the realities of this transcendental um, affair between Mother Yasoda and baby Krishna. And then Jiva's commentary in Gopal Champu uh, continues through the lips of Snigdakanta. Who knows, she thought, this boy put his threat into action. To keep him from running into the forest, I must tie him up. Otherwise, it will be very difficult for me to single-handedly manage my household duties and this child. I mean, she's got a mess to deal with at this point. Uh, she has not only the fact that uh, the milk that was streaming from her own breasts um, was, was so profuse that it was all over the floor. Then in the churning room, the yogurt was all over the floor. What to speak of the mess where the yogurt, where the butter itself was stored, uh, so much uh, stone. Uh, was thrown about by the Lord there, that, that the floor there was also covered with butter. So she, she has a lot to deal with. And we've already received some insight earlier into the, the mamata, the, the sense that Mother Yasoda and the other residents of Raj have towards um, all the service uh, services that they perform and how those services are done uh, for the ultimate pleasure of Krishna, uh, even if they don't appear to be directly related to his pleasure, um, as they say, mother knows best. So we, we are also acquainted with this, that the mother and the father may do certain things for the well-being of the child and that's their only motivation. But from the child's perspective, or from a different perspective, they may not be seen as directly related uh, to uh, that pleasure. Uh, and uh, 
and maintenance of the child. Turning to Krishna, she openly said, you thief, you restless boy, you who bewilder one and all by the charm of your flickering eyes, why don't you simply accept my prohibitions? Look, I will tie you up and then quickly return to the house. If you have any strength left, you can show it to me by trying to steal something else. As she started to bind him, his eyes became moist, and in fury he began to lie, loudly cry out, Oh, Mother Rohini, he shrieked, where have you gone with my big brother? Because you are not here today, this mother is trying, tying me up. Come quickly. <laughs> so Krishna, he's, uh, he's using the, uh, uh, he's making an appeal to others. He, he obviously has lost uh, the argument. Um, uh, despite his uh, his best ability to to put the put the whole incident in a perspective that made him simply uh, simply innocent in all regards, that Mother Yasoda actually broke the churning pot, that the monkeys actually stole the butter. He was innocent. Not only was he innocent. He was working for the benefit of Mother Yasoda, trying to catch the monkeys and, and remove them from the house, retrieve the butter, trying. So um, despite all his attempts and his uh, excellent, excellent story, uh, it didn't, didn't stand up to the scrutiny of his mother who could see right through it. Since Sri Rohini was far away, she could not hear his cries. But the ladies from neighboring houses who had previously complained about Krishna and who had chastised him did hear his cries. They informed each other of the fun and assembled there. As if taunting her, they reminded Sri Yasoda of their complaints. Has this, chief has this thief done something mischievous in your home also? They laughed. Mother Yasoda, however, was bent on teaching her son a lesson, so she paid no heed to their remarks. Snatching a silk ribbon that had fallen from her braid, she immediately began binding her son's waist to a grinding mortar lying in the courtyard. With the same persistence it takes to bind the neck of a calf, but that silk ribbon was two fingers too short. So we could see that in prior encounters with the other mothers of Raj, who had been uh, the been subjected to, to, to the pranks of Krishna, who would sneak into their homes and, and steal butter there and feed it to the monkeys, uh, so much so that... Uh, They'd, they'd lodged complaints to Mother Yasoda and said, uh, we can't even go on. We live by the livelihood uh, of, of our milk products. Uh, we're going to have to move to another community. Uh, we're going to have to leave 
this community because, because of your son. So uh, at that time, she tried to pacify the situations. Really, couldn't you just have talked it out with him? Couldn't you have just, you know, ask him not to do these things nicely? She made so many complaints and they countered um, all of her suggestions in that regard. And uh, now the table's turned. And now they've come and they've brought this to her attention. Oh, has this thief some, done something mischievous in your home? You said that he, he wouldn't dare do anything in our homes, but now you're seeing that perhaps our complaints were legitimate. <laughs> so uh, she, of course, didn't have time at that instant, considering the circumstances, considering all that she had to deal with within the home uh, and, and considering uh, the reprimand that she did want to give to Krishna, uh, she didn't have time to, to deal with, with the other ladies um, and uh, stand up for Krishna's uh, good name and reputation uh, at that time. So she proceeds to bind Lord Krishna. Observing this, the lady of Raj, the ladies of Raj laughed and remarked, Oh, Vrajaswari, we already told you that this boy surely has some extraordinary illusory potency. On account of it, he even surpasses Kafalak, the foremost among thieves. He seems to be satisfied simply by eating stolen goods, or by such acts he delights both the donors of those goods and the enjoyers of them. He is gradually gaining quite a reputation as one who steals others' possessions. So they're kind of rubbing it in. Uh, and, um, and they can, Mother Yasoda responded, what does this recently born child know about being a thief? He does not know good from bad but it seems that you are the ones who have some evil trickery. Although you actually favor him, externally you behave in a contrary way. So she's a little bewildered here, and she's wondering, is there some sorcery going on, or is there some spell that these other ladies are, are, are putting on uh, the situation? I should be able to tie him up with this ribbon from my hair, and I can't. And it doesn't make sense. The ribbon is certainly long enough to accomplish the task. So she's pointing to them and saying, are you, are you performing some evil trickery here? At this, the ladies, ladies laughed, laughed. Oh, respected Sri Yasoda, they said, we take a oath at your feet that we have nothing to do with these astonishing powers. So at this point, uh, we would enter into some uh, discussion of uh, the Siddhanta uh, regarding this 
binding of Lord Krishna. And considering the time and the constraint of our presentation, according to time, uh, we'll stop for now and continue here uh, with the Siddhanta regarding this binding of Lord Krishna uh, in our next presentation. So there will be uh, the Kartik itself is uh, coming to an, an end uh, later this week. Um, for our Sangha, uh, we are continuing through the end of the month uh, to relish uh, the various Leland narratives and philosophical discussions um, until uh, the month of December. So I want to sincerely thank you. And if anyone has a question, I can certainly address that. And if not, uh, I will leave in all humility. Vanchakalpatubhyas cha, kripasindabhiva cha, patitadam, pabhanebhyul, vaishnavijinamunamaha. Thank you so very much. Hey, Krishna. Srimandulal Chandra Prabhu ki jai. Krishna Kirtana Ganana Tanapano Premam Ritam Bami